0: Welcome to Envision, fostering a community for change. Your co-hosts are Ronnie Langer-Kroger and Thomas Rosenberg. In today's program, you'll meet fascinating people who are implementing innovative ideas to make a difference both locally and globally. Now, here is your host.
1: Welcome to Envision. I'm your co-host, Thomas Rosenberg. We've touched on today's topic, the importance of collective healing before, and I feel it's important to connect some dots and to delve further because we usually hear about ways to improve an individual's health and healing and personal journey, but we rarely hear about what it means to dive in to heal collectively and, or culturally for that matter. This healing can occur at different scales, such as the community or the national level, and in different ways. The episode where we've touched on this topic before are the very first episode where Daisy Ozim from Resilient Wellness discussed healing multi-generational and intergenerational trauma. The September 2017 episode with Christopher Kuntz and Katya Sol from the Ecology of Leadership, where we touched on the importance and benefits of healing in community. More recently, in the episode that aired December 19th, 2017, on gross national happiness, we highlighted what it means to have a healthy, happy society and how, how to measure its healthiness. Here to discuss healing collectively with us is Sal Gincarelli, founder and director of the Helpers Mentoring Society. Sal, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Wonderful. So Sal, could you start off by explaining what the Helpers Mentoring Society is?
2: Sure. The Helpers Mentoring Society is an organization that I founded uh, it's been about seven years now, and it's really about supporting the teachings of connection that I'm bringing forward in the world and uh, that our team collectively is doing. Um, and what we really provide is uh, teachings around the processes and the techniques and even the tools that help people as individuals and collectively in community uh, come into a deeper states of relationships, uh, intimacy, and um, really, uh, you know, conscious, conscious culture, conscious relationship with the world, uh, including that uh, the ecology of the world, you know, the, the natural environment. So, uh, Helpers Mentoring Society really just focuses on supporting that in many different ways, and uh, it's been an ongoing project of my life for the last thirty years or so. So, it's it's the latest evolution in the modern system of the technology we have on hand.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. That's it in the nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. Super. So could you just share a little bit more about your journey and how you came to the Helpers Mentoring is founding?
2: Sure. Well, the, the journey, I guess you could say it started when I was very young in the way that my parents raised me. Uh, they were um, of the, the 60s generation and, of course, um, a bit counterculture themselves and uh, they went on the route of deep nature connection and they were really passionate about that and they of course uh, raised all of uh, myself my siblings uh, there's seven of us total in in really close relationship with nature we didn't have TV um, we camped a lot uh, we were always outside um, so we had kind of this this what I would say is a normal upbringing uh, a generation back but definitely for the the Gen Xers, my generation, it was a little bit different because TV was a big thing at that point, and uh, video games were just starting to take off. We didn't have any of that, uh, so that's that's uh, you know the background as far as the nature connection. Uh, when I was about 15 or so, I actually uh, really started to see the the process of the world and where that was going, and I became quite worried in in you know kind of projecting what I was seeing into the future and I had a lot of insights around that and that inspired me to start searching for what could change the situation you know because what I was seeing at the time and of course this was coming in the news and it was coming uh, just in daily observation is that the the world and uh, people's relationship with the earth Uh, It was all kind of being degraded. uh, The connections and the relationships that really sustained everybody in this good, healthy relationship for so many generations was shifting dramatically. Um, So within a short amount of time, I I ended up actually meeting a Native American healer uh, from a renowned medicine lineage, and uh, this was when I was 15 turning 16, and I ended up becoming his apprentice. And so I started to work with him for... Well, really up until his passing, so for about 28 years, he and I worked together, um, but I went to a really intense mentorship with him for about 17 years, Um, and that included learning cultural tools and practices and uh, different type of, uh, you could call them ceremonial practices of reconnection and healing. And uh, I I married into uh, his family and became, you know, an adopted part of the Lakota tribe in that way. And so uh, coming out of that experience and kind of coming back to the modern world here in the last, it's now been 10 years, actually, um, and seeing what shifted even more in the way it's of disconnection in particular, uh, because for those those 20-some years, I was really, I was really immersed in a different culture. And then as I came out of that culture into this modern culture, uh, you know, I I was inspired to do something and to take some uh, kind of bold and drastic steps in this form of uh, stepping out into this world and saying, you know, there is a different way of being in relationship to the world. There's a different context of reality. And, you know, there's a way to heal what's happening here. Uh, There's a way forward. And, so, out of that, the Helpers Mentoring Society was formed.
1: So, mm-hmm. okay, super. So, what um, was there a, a particular turning point for you? I mean, obviously, that there was that change, as you were just saying, you know, shifting out of being steeped in the Lakota culture and stepping or re-entering into contemporary culture but is was there a a a nugget that said this this is what we need to do something and this is how the 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 seed of the helpers mentoring society was was formed yeah
2: yeah so um you know the the turning point was actually i uh i went through a, a divorce um so my uh my ex-wife, who was Godfrey's daughter, we separated, and I had three sons, um, and my, my younger sons at that time, and I, 10 years ago now, we, we moved from South Dakota, and we ended up coming down to Arizona, where I currently reside, and, um, and when that change happened, you know, of course, that was a, a quite traumatic and just a life transition, uh, a move, a divorce, and a change of, of jobs, of course, and where I entered into was, you know, kind of the modern experience. And um, where I ended up moving was into the greater Phoenix area. And if you know anything about Phoenix, you know, Phoenix is it's one of those cities that has really – Uh, grown quite dramatically over the last 20 years. And um, because of the technology, because of air conditioning, because of the power and everything else that is more accessible now, including nuclear uh, uh, energy um, for the nuclear plants that are here, uh, this area can sustain that kind of growth. Well, that means that everybody is moving from different areas of the the country and even the world to this location. So nobody's connected. You know, it's like there's been second wave of uprooting that has happened with people uh, that have come to America from oftentimes, of course, other countries, uh, other lands, you know, oftentimes also escaping some sort of tragedy or or violence or whatever it may be, uh, you know, settling into this country. And now there's like another generation of kind of upheaval and moving, even though it's maybe more economically motivated, uh, you know, you, you essentially have areas of millions of people who have no relationship to one another in the sense of really that deep relationship of neighbors knowing neighbors and, you know, sharing uh, sharing in kind of the social responsibilities that go with that. And so, um, you know, having come from, let's say, uh, intimate, intimate uh, Native, Indigenous community that these social ties and these social bonds are so strong that that people, uh, for better or worse, stay with one another and work things out. To coming into a, uh, a culture or society, you know, postmodern society, where um, these bonds are essentially absent was really shocking to me because when I had left for living in the, on the reservation and, and learning this work, you know, the world, let say, was in a certain state, and then I had this kind of long absence, and then I come back to the world, and it's even worse than when I left it. Um, and so that was a really jarring moment for me in the sense of, you know, the disconnection has even grown in, in more ways. And so instead of sitting back and saying, okay, you know, this, I'm going to just ride this out, I, I really felt for myself, for my children – for the future generations, for the earth itself, for the land. Uh, something needed to be done, and out of that, this Helper's Mentoring Society was born.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I'm just really resonating with what you were saying about Phoenix, because I do have some some knowledge of, of the metro area, and just knowing the diaspora that have collected there uh, due to resettlement plans from refugee resettlement through the State Department or Health and, um, health and Human Services, for example, the, at the federal level, you've got, and this is not an exhaustive list, but I know that there are uh, Liberians and Bosnians and Iraqis and Afghanis and just a, a slew of, of a wide range of nationalities not to mention the historical Uh, tensions, I guess, for lack of a better word, that exist politically and socially between the the Native American tribes that were there, as well as those who came while it was part of Spanish territory and then Anglo settlers after that. And so it just to me, there, there's, there, obviously there's a lot of, of trauma that, you know, with people resettling from war zones and that are coming. And it's also a question of connecting back to, to the land. So why is collective healing so important and how does it impact in, in, individual healing?
2: Yeah. So what, you know, what you're just saying there, you know, we have, we have a, a collection of people just in this area. And of, of course, this isn't, isolated just to the Phoenix region. This is all over the the United States and really all over the world. Having traveled all over the world and seeing this happening in Europe, of course, and uh, in in different parts of, uh, uh, you know, even north, uh, North America, like Canada, where these people are essentially, like, uprooting from places that perhaps they have known for generations and being transplanted uh, whether it's willingly or or by circumstance to another location, and you know the, the social bonds that make people who they are are oftentimes very shattered at that point. Um, we are we are a social creature. You know our our you know genetic disposition towards that is that you know we are not that much different than you know a herd of horses or buffalo or a flock of birds. We need one another to survive. And those, you know, those those historic bonds, those genetic bonds that we have obviously developed and sustained for as long as humanity has existed, are now facing kind of a new reality of, of uh, social disorder. And let's say a lot of people, a lot of people right now, they know there's something that is not quite right with the systems, you know, with the systems of education, with the systems of, of learning and, and de- personal development and growth. And these systems don't really address kind of the core fundamental deep needs that people have. And we like to look at those deep needs as kind of a template, a map, if you will, of, of what needs to be addressed in life, and how we can move into the fullest expression of humanity. Um, it's you know it's it's a little different because some traditions, uh, perhaps even some religions, look at at those deep kind of core level needs as something that maybe is isn't good. It's animalistic or it's it's primitive or or something like that. You know where it needs to actually be suppressed, but when you look at it in a holistic view and you see like these deep needs are really about connectivity and it's really about uh, the person expressing into the fullest potential, you know, what maybe could be called self-actualization by Abraham Maslow's and and those kind of uh, principles, Um, then you'll see, you know, of course the society is not really matching that. And then, you know, what ends up happening is that people don't really feel like, life is being fulfilled. So what I'm just laying out here is that, you know, essentially the society and the systems of that society, which are made up of the collective, the community, and the individual that wants to express their fullest potential, those two things are not separate and disconnected. They're one and the same in in the sense that the individual's Expression and support in that expression to be their fullest connected self is dictated by the society that they grow up in, that they live in, that they say, develop in. And if the society doesn't recognize and can't help that person become the fullest expression, then the problem isn't so much with the individual. The problem is with the the society, the system itself, and so as we look at healing and people's draw to go into their fullest expression, which is totally natural, healthy, and good. And I think you you know it's a big it's a big uh, uh, market out there. It's a billion dollar market of self help and and uh, you know different products and different services that are provided for people to come into their fullest expression. But what most of these these organizations or, or methodologies don't address is that there is a system of disconnection that's in effect here that's not allowing the individual to fully express. So until the system's fixed, the individual only can go so far in their personal journey because mm-hmm. those two are the same. So, right. yeah, that's, that's
1: how it works. That, that makes a lot of sense. We're speaking with Sal Carelli, founder of the Helpers Mentoring Society, and we'll be right back after a short break.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Is your community on a journey to build consensus or define a vision for the future? Do you want your organization and people to flourish? Are you feeling burnt out or seeking guidance to leave old patterns of thinking and being behind? Thomas Rosenberg has international experience in change leadership, consensus building, and organizational transformation. He guides leaders and change makers, their organizations, and communities on their journeys of transformation. For more information and to contact him, visit regenerate.coach.
1: Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. you are listening to Envision, to find out more about the program or to leave comments and questions, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to Envision. We are here with Sal Gencarelli, founder of the Helpers Mentoring Society, and we were talking about what inspired the establishment of the organization, what drives his work, and why it's really important to focus on collective healing. So Sal, before the break, you were talking about the importance of what it means to be healthy in an unhealthy society and how we can start measuring some of that. So I was curious if you could dive in a little bit more into what are the advanced connection practices that you use and also perhaps speak to how universal these aspects are of connection and healing.
2: Great. Yes. Um, the advanced connection practice is uh, the, the set of tools that we work with that uh, actually um, give the person the structure to enter into a place of connection, of healing, of uh, let's say letting the story go and reorganizing the story. Even um, in these these are tools that were passed on to me by uh, you know first and foremost the the Waptaqal lineage. The, the lineage of the Native American healer that I learned from uh, and worked with, but also other lineages as well. You know, these lineages span the globe in different ways that have been incorporated into the teachings of the Helpers Mentoring Society. Um, And from these lineages, from these, you know, rooted indigenous lineages from around the world, there are are practices um, that are incredibly powerful And they're incredibly effective in helping people either maintain their connections and, you know, really in a healthy, the healthiest way, meeting those deep biological, physiological, uh, you know, emotional and spiritual needs that people have. um, Or they help people uh, realign and reconnect to that kind of core truth and help them then move into uh, you know, a deeper relationship with the world and themselves. Um, these practices are, you know, they're they're a diverse set of practices. Um, a lot of them are, as they as I said, they are coming from the indigenous people. So they're earth based kind of practices. Very simple in many ways. You know, uh, so simple practices of sitting around the fire with intentionality. Um, you know, uh, even dancing around fires and singing. Uh, drum and, and these certain songs that we sing, kind of like, you could call it sound therapy, if you will, um, but in all of these tools and techniques, uh, they they help a person come back to themselves. Um, so, yeah, these these are the tools that we use in the Helpers Mentoring Society, and, um, you know, in the interface of learning occurs between the person and nature, you know, and the elements of nature that's where that's where you could say this is a whole nother subject, perhaps, but you know our our self awareness and our self knowledge is intimately connected to our uh, awareness our connectivity to the natural world in all its many forms, and that includes people um, so there we use a lot of practices and processes that bring people through that as well through kind of a Uh, knowing oneself through knowing one's environment and knowing that deep intimate relationship between yourself and the trees, the plants, the animals that are around you, um, and bringing that back into the community in that way that the community can hear it, that they can listen to it, that can hold that individual's journey and support that. And this is really, really ancient patterns. You know, if you think about the the kind of tribal societies you know a long time ago these patterns that you know maybe even not so long ago where people would go out on the landscape you know the young people whether that be hunting or gathering or whatever that would be they would be doing and then they would come back to the village and share their stories around the campfire around the stove or you know in that kind of communal evening time and and that that Elders would ask these certain questions to help them to understand themselves and their experiences even deeper. So, these really old patterns are what we work with that really light a person in all their in all their gifts, in all their, their passions, in all their, their desires for help and service into a greater context of the world.
1: So, thank you. That's very helpful. So how? could you dive in a little bit more deeply on how this fosters healthier individuals and communities? Like what does sharing these stories or helping to process an individual's journey do to the community's fabric?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a principle that we work here, and I think it's best described uh, from the concept of the ropes. And this comes um, from again, many different lineages and traditions, indigenous peoples, but the one in particular that I think of when I talk about the ropes of connection, I think about the Bushman people. Uh, so these are the the oldest continuous culture upon this earth as recognized right now by anthropology. Um, they have the understanding of the ropes, and the way they explain it is that, you know, when we have a relationship, when we have a, a felt relationship with something or someone, there is like a, a cord between yourself and that thing that you have a relationship with and it's not just that it's a static line it's a line of of energy you know that you feel and that you receive feelings from so and this is really obvious when we think about our deep human relationships like our intimate partners like we feel them they feel us there's a There's a mirroring that happens, and there's a synchronicity that moves through that relationship, you know, where there's spontaneity, and um, anyways, you get the idea. With all of that, you know, these are the ropes of connection, and every time we have um, a relationship, we have one of these ropes, and these ropes are developing. You know, when they first start, they start as a strand, so if you think, you know, when you move to a new place and you don't really know the place, you don't really have ropes to the place, but... Over time, through interacting with that, you know, and you go to your favorite spot, maybe in the woods, and you know that particular tree. These, these are like the ropes of the the strands of the ropes that start developing. As you build that relationship over time, they become thicker and stronger, and more felt. So, that's the principle, right? And we have mm-hmm. that with people. We have that with with our let's say domesticated pets. We have that with the natural environment that we build. We have that with coworkers. We even have that with our houses and inanimate objects, you know, like uh, our cars. We have these these connectors with. Um, so this is the web. This is the web of connection. And everything that we do that builds that web, strengthens that web, is going to increase our overall sense of place, our overall sense of well-being, and our overall sense of Deep relationship, which, you know, if you really look at the happiness quotient, like what actually creates happiness in a person's life, what actually creates health in a person's life, it's good, solid, healthy relationships. Um, So the the intimate sharing that people have in that kind of process, that ancient process I described of, of, you know, knowing your environment, learning your environment, coming back and sharing those stories with the village. Uh, and being asked questions and listened to by the people around you, the villagers, let's say your, your parents, your grandparents, uh, your, your uh, nieces, nephews, the younger generations. Like, this is all about strengthening those ropes of connection. And as those ropes of connection get stronger, everybody that's impacted by those ropes, whether it be the natural world, the individual, or the community, all get healthier and happier.
1: So mm-hmm.
2: that that's a bit how it works using that principle of the ropes.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for, for diving into that. I'd like to turn the, the conversation a little bit here and just talk a little bit more about the the Helpers Mentoring Society. You've been beta testing for about six years now. And so how has this helped shaped your offerings? Obviously, there's been a journey for you just reentering into contemporary society. But what... I'm curious to hear about how you've you've uh, evolved the Helpers Mentoring Society over the last six, seven years.
2: Sure. Yeah. So the, one of the biggest projects that we've been working on for the last six years, um, it was in relation with another organization called H. Uh, Shield. So this is a, a relation, uh, uh, an organization that was founded by this man, John Young, a, a dear friend and, and brother of mine. Um, who has a, a similar background with, with similar lineages and actually the same lineage uh, in particular with the Lakota side. And you know we when we first entered into um, this this collaborative ag- agreement and, and exchange what we entered into it around was um, we had a conversation about the people that really developed into those kind of fullest Expressive cells within the shortest amount of time, and it was a research project that him and I and a few other people were talking about. And out of that, there was a, there were people that were identified that really quickly uh, developed into that very deeply, deeply connected self. And it took them about two years, and they all had four things in common, right? Um, these four things are really important, and they're all, always part of our, our courses and trainings as well. And the first one was that they have um, what we call deep nature connection, and this is that they have these intimate world-building processes with nature. The other one is that they have training in what's called cultural mentoring, which is something that the 8 Shield really focuses on. And that's about rebuilding the village. You know, it's like a reconnection of the village village and supporting that village network to to build. Um, So people are really deeply trained in that, uh, did really well. Um, The third thing uh, was that everybody that had gone on those journeys of deep nature connection and cultural mentoring also had uh, a number of Indigenous healers that they worked with. So – you know, as, let's say, Western people or or non-Indigenous peoples that are reconnecting to the earth and reconnecting to the village and really dedicated towards that, we're going to come against uh, uh, our own, let's say, historic uh, trauma. We're, we're going to come against our own uh, genetic memory of what separated us from the the village, what separated us. Us from nature, and if you look at that history, it's oftentimes fret with a lot of violence and um, and you know choices that were not uh, our choices. They were forced situations, um, just as we see happening in these kind of war torn situations across the world now, where people are being displaced to, for example, Phoenix. Um, you know, it, it's a forced It's a force separation. So. When that comes up, people really, uh, they hit this wall uh, of kind of despair. You know, sometimes it's termed the wall of grief. So all of these people had these old ancient uh, healing methods that helped them move through that grief into a more full state of connection. And the fourth thing that they all had is that they were surrounded or they had good contact with people that were really living Uh, their fullest expression. Visionary leaders is what you could call them. Mm -hmm. Um, So so out of that, we looked at, well, we need more people to be able to facilitate these types of reconnection practices. Uh, So we actually formed a, a course out of that called the Leadership Initiation Project. And out of that, you know, the goal was to help people to understand the advanced connection practices and help them to use those advanced connection practices in service for the village. And it's worked incredibly well. You know, all over the world, there's people that are using these tools and techniques to help their family and their village and themselves to, uh, you know, navigate uh, the historic trauma and what's now understood as epigenetic kind of responses that we have from, you know, ancestral, ancestral injuries and ancestral traumas that are still playing out in our lives. So it's worked really well, but we've gotten to a place now where the uh, the foundation has been set and we need to, like, actually start touching more people's lives. Not everybody is called to become, let's say, an advanced connection practice facilitator. Many people just want to go through a healing process themselves without having to facilitate that for others. And that's totally great and acceptable and necessary because there people really need to fulfill their, their creative potential, and not everybody's is the same. So what we're doing now is we've developed a new course called uh, The Helper's Journey, and that's all about the individual journey held by the collective, supported by the advanced connection practices, to, you know, come into that alignment, to come into your, your, your fullest expression, your truest self. And then out of that place to step forward into life in the most connected version, the most creative version of yourself. And whatever so, that expression is, is great.
1: Mm-hmm. So is that what the, the, the typical journey is for somebody who, who joins the, the helpers mentoring society? They start with this foundation course and, and then where do they go?
2: Yeah. yeah. So from this foundation course of the helper's journey, That then a person can make the decision if they are called, you know, in that creative potential to be a facilitator of advanced connection practices. Then we have other trainings that go with that. Um, You know, we're we're right now building the whole network of uh, uh, different sites around the world um, to hold these these advanced connection practices to create centers so that people can come there. And and go through this great healing of our time, you know, this, this healing of historic trauma, uh, mm-hmm. wiping away those things that block us from connection, wiping away uh, the the junk that has built up on our ropes of connection and our connecting points, so that we can actually, you know, fully live into this world in health and happiness, and not have kind of that the 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 anchor, the drag that we're pulling behind us from this, you know, ancestral trauma of the last, you know, 5,000 years or so. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, there's, there's a whole network, um, once a person, if they do choose to become a facilitator that is designed to support that as well.
1: What, how long is the, the, the journey for someone who wants to go through all of the facilitation training?
2: Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question. We've, I've been at this for about 30 years myself, um, and as I said, the, the training I went through with my teacher, my Native American teacher, was 17 years, right? And right. Uh, uh, historically, the training for becoming a, let's say, uh, independent uh, independent uh, Advanced Connection Practice Facilitator under their tradition is 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So that's that's the like a fuller a fuller expression of it. But in the journey itself, um you learn by doing it, you know, uh from the Hawaiian traditions and lineage they have a beautiful saying that says, uh, the knowing is in the doing, right? So right. you it's not it's not like you learn the skills through didactic methods, you know, reading and online learning, and then years later go practice them. You actually, you know, you learn a bit, you do. And you yeah. also, uh, on that journey, teach. So we use that uh, that methodology. Uh, it comes from uh, nursing. I, I also was a, uh, a paramedic uh, for 17 years. And there's a philosophy that comes from that is, you know, you watch one. So you, you know, actually get taught how to do it. Uh, you do it yourself. So you do one and then you teach one. So mm-hmm. we have people watch and learn. We have people uh, actually go through it and do it for themselves, and then we have people start teaching it, and that's the journey. So it's constantly evolving, but let's say historically 16 years, but we've had great, great success in the last, you know, in the last six years, five years, even four years where people are really, uh, you know, helping people in mass uh, mm-hmm. by really applying the techniques that they, they've they been taught. Um and Super. You know, know that our mentoring and, and that dynamic relationship of teaching and exchange and and all of that is ongoing. You know, like as long as you're doing it, we're there to support you. If you're if you're holding the conduct and you know going by the methods that we've taught.
1: Okay, wonderful. We have to take a short break, and we'll be right back.
3: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com.
0: Is your community on a journey to build consensus or define a vision for the future? Do you want your organization and people to flourish? Are you feeling burnt out or seeking guidance to leave old patterns of thinking and being behind? Thomas Rosenberg has international experience in change leadership, consensus building, and organizational transformation. He guides leaders and change makers, their organizations, and communities on their journeys of transformation. For more information and to contact him, visit regenerate.coach.
3: and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working For You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zock Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zock Show on the Voice America channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective.
0: you are listening to Envision. To find out more about the program or to leave comments and questions, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to Envision. We are speaking with Sal Gencarelli, the manager, excuse me, the founder and director of the Helpers Mentoring Society. So Sal, if communities are interested in developing a node of the Helpers Mentoring Society locally, what can they do? You were talking about these different centers around the world, so if you could connect that to what people might be able to do in their own community, that would be great.
2: Yeah, yep. Um, there's a number of options there. Uh, so I, uh, the Helpers Mentoring Society, as I said, works really intimately with this, uh, this organization called the H. Shields Institute. And the H-Shields is about rebuilding the village. And so there's kind of uh, two options here, two big options. And one, of course, is that you can join the Helpers Mentoring Society and you can uh, even uh, join the, the Helper's Journey, the new course uh, that is really about building this, this greater network and the regional communities and, and uh, providing uh, means for that. So that's one option. The other option is, of course, um, through the Eight Shields and their village building initiatives, uh, which then can also get you linked in because the villages are essentially the same villages around the world. Uh, You know, there's an overlap there for sure. And the helpers, the Helpers Mentoring Society, is supporting the that network of, let's say, the advanced connection practices. Um, I like to look at it like a medicine society, you know, like an ancient traditional mystery school medicine society that that supports the health and well-being of the community. So it, it's like a subset of this greater village, but it is uh, integral to the development of the village and the support of the healthy village. So, um, you know, I guess the simple answer is to 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 join Helpers Mentoring Society, you know, you can sign up on HelpersMentoringSociety.net and, you know, if this is inspiring to you, any of this is inspiring to you, you know, there's this, this new launch, this course that's starting in April called The Helper's Journey and that's going to explain more of this and link you right into that bigger network.
1: Super. So what's been your biggest surprise since starting the Helpers Mentoring Society?
2: Um, You know, I the the, the I'd say technology technology has been the biggest surprise so I come from I come from you know these these really old traditional learning methods uh, that I went through for the, all those years. Uh, there wasn't a lot of technology when I first started it, not in the way that we have now and the um, the development of technology over especially the last twenty years but even the last six years as I've been interacting with this more. Um, is incredible what we can do with this technology to touch so many people's lives and how the technology can actually support the teachings and the trainings. Uh, You know, a lot of, a lot of the work that we do, we call it distant mentoring in that, you know, there's phone calls, there's now webinars, there's uh, uh, these, these um, kind of exchanges through the e-courses where there's feedback cycles and there's a, it's a really a dynamic course, and we're we're expanding on that to make it so that there's more connectivity in it, and there's more kind of human relation. It's not so mechanical, and the technology, of course, is supporting that. And so, uh, you know, for for if anything's like the most surprising is how effective this technology can actually be, in helping people to connect around the world, and really come into. Uh, you know, a state of relationship that usually at least previously took face to face contact. Mm-hmm. and so that's been really exciting for me because we can we can reach more people that way.
1: Absolutely. So for those who are really curious about joining in April, for example, the helpers' journey that you're launching, uh, what if, if they wanted to start something now, on their own, what practices would you recommend that they start playing with either as an individual or as a community?
2: Yeah. Um, well, as individuals, and I, I would say this ties back into the smallest unit of community uh, as well, which is the family and the nuclear family at that. Um, what a person could do is is actually start exploring their local environment more um, and and spending some time out there just being open with you know, what's moving in that environment. Um, I, I oftentimes recommend people, if you have kind of deep, uh, deep life questions, you know, like uh, jobs or, you know, even the question of should I sign up for the helper's journey, for example, you know, like this is a, this is a big commitment and this is a new thing. And maybe uh, with all the information that a person would get about it, they would still have questions. Well, do I really want to do this? Well, that's the kind of question that I would recommend you take out into nature and, and you just kind of put it out to nature and then watch what the synchronicities uh, that come uh, moving to you or through you or around you, uh, what what happens, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, are there, are the, the animals coming closer? Um, do, do you get a certain sense of what's moving on the landscape? And oftentimes, you know, because people give themselves that time to just be in connection, then uh it's It's like the intuitive awareness that sits deep within our bellies kind of rises up and is able to be heard, and that's when we can find those those guidances that we need from something that is let's say more connected than our thoughts, just the chattering of our mind. Well, then take that story you know and bring it back to your family, take that experience and bring it back to you know the dinner table or the meal or you know, you sitting uh, with your, your spouse or sitting with your children or sitting with a friend, you know, and just share a little bit about that, you know, whatever's appropriate. But that starts stimulating that really old pattern of that nature connection time and what I would call deep nature connection time, and then bringing that back to your family and talk about these things. Uh, so that's a really simple way of, of starting that process. Um, If you want something more formal, uh, there are other online courses, e-courses, available through Helpers Venturing Society, um, and that includes uh, what I call the Elements of Ceremony, which uh, it it follows a very similar pattern to what I just laid out, and uh, these are self-paced courses that uh, provide uh, written material. It provides uh, uh, slideshows, and it also provides assignments, and we can do feedback. Uh, by basically making comments on online. And I, I typically write back on, uh, you know, supporting the journey or, or maybe asking a question or something like that. So
1: there's a couple mm-hmm. of methods right there. Okay, super. So what is uh, one lesson that you learned that you wish you knew before starting the Helpers Mentoring Society? You
2: know, that's a great question. Um, uh, I would say The the biggest lesson that I wish I knew is it's all about planning. You know, I mean, I think that's that's something that that people all know and that I think not all of us are great at. You know, it's all about making sure that everything is planned out beforehand and making sure that you know really not just what you're going to do and not just, uh, say, why you're going to do it but the deepest reason for what the reason why you're doing it right so what mm-hmm. i mean by that is like you know if if we can really tap into that core level of the reason why that we do anything you know what need does it meet and and you know that was actually really clear to me in doing this work um, that's so much part of of the training in the teaching and the how of of that was really clear which what i mean by that is like um, the kind of the con- conduct standards and the methodologies, you know, like these these kind of internal processes, that was all real clear to me. And then on the the outer ring is the actions that we take. And I think the more you plan at the beginning of taking actions, and the clearer that is, the better off you are in the long run. So mm-hmm. um, the, the okay. planning process was never great for me. I was always a man of action, and I think I've learned a lot from stepping back from that and planning more.
1: (laughs) That's good. So, so you mentioned the two of the courses, the helper, uh, helper's journey and the, as a foundation course, and then also the, the one whose name is escaping me now on uh, more on ceremony. And so what, what's next for the helper's mentoring society?
2: Yeah. So, well, this helper's journey is really the big launch and, and what's, um, coming out of that ideally is a whole process of certification and accreditation. You know, what we're having people do is learn um, a a skill or a new, I would say ultimately it's a new way of looking at the world, but within that there are actually like practical tools that people work with. And these practical Mm -hmm. tools are very powerful and they um, they, they have to be respected and they there are ways that they work very well, and there's ways that they don't work so well. And like any kind of new way of, of approaching health and well-being, I think it's really important to set some professional standards with that. You know, and I think part of my motivation around this is, of course, my background with modern medicine and, and uh, paramedicine. Um, but you know, creating an association that then sets these standards that says, you know, here's what the highest standards we can Collectively, come together and agree upon, and and this is what uh, what it looks like. And here's how we can support the people that are practicing with these tools and actually delivering these tools through a certification process for the individual, and and uh, an accreditation process for organizations that are applying these tools and techniques that we're teaching. Um, and I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, I think we can build a lot more kind of uh, unity within the greater network and. Support the people that are doing the work out there.
1: Excellent. So, could you tell people how they can follow the Helpers Mentoring Society story? What like social yeah, media yeah. channels? There's
2: there's a number a number of ways. The best way at this point is just to actually go to helpersmentoringsociety.net. dot net. It's www.helpersmentoringsociety.net. dot and um, you can you can sign up and become a member. It's free right now. There's no cost. Um, in that, there's actually a free introductory course that explains a bit more about Helpers Mentoring Society, the background, and, and then some really helpful tools and techniques. You know, about how to how to incorporate some of these teachings into your life immediately. Um, and so that's the easiest way. We're also we have a uh, online presence through social media like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram where. Uh, Right now, I'm actually doing daily posts on uh, our Facebook feed, live feed, uh, where I share a little bit of information, too, as well.
1: Super. Thank you very much, Sal. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me here, Thomas. This is great. Awesome. And so feel free, everybody, to reach out to Sal uh, with questions through the social media channels he mentioned. And... Lastly, I wanted to let everyone know that I am accepting new coaching clients. So if you are seeking support for your own leadership development or your community's journey of transformation, feel feel free to reach out to me via email at envision at regenerate.coach. Thank you. See you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Envision. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future shows, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. For more information about today's guests and upcoming shows, please see our show page on voiceamerica.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.